can understand journalists are looking for multimedia assets for every story these days, so it really makes sense to include them. So if the title lacks differentiating information or is too similar to past headlines, Google will assume it's duplicate content and it makes it difficult for investors to find your latest news when searching online. Welcome to our current podcast, which is part five of our Leaving a Trail for Investors to Find You series, featured on the Exchange feed. We will be discussing leveraging owned and earned content, owned content being news releases, white papers, and thought leadership pieces, and earned content being third-party coverage. My name is Monica Ham, Manager Client Success at the TSX, and today I have with me Jeff Vanderby, Director of Global Product Marketing at Cision. In this role, Jeff and his team of product marketers define product positioning and messaging for Cision's suite of products. Jeff has been at Cision for over 15 years and has a background as a digital storyteller. Thank you for being with us today, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So why don't we start with owned content? In my own experience here at the TSX, we often get questions about disclosure requirements and actually have a timely disclosure policy for our issuers to use as a guideline. Let's talk about the press release to start with. How do you decide what Newswire's network or service you should be using? For sure. And even before going into that, maybe we can take a step back and just talk about what it makes a Newswire network in the, in the first place, just to make sure everyone understands what we're talking about. Uh, at Cision, at least, I view a, a Newswire network as three things. The first is a curated list of newsrooms at traditional media and trades. Uh, for example, an editorial terminal or an editorial desk email, depending on the outlet size. Uh, the second part of a network is um, an opt-in uh, journalist community that we call PR Newswire for Journalists, where journalists can sign up to receive direct emails for news that they want to receive, whether it's industry, subject, or a specific company. And the third part is the posting of a press release to public websites. So the combination of those three is what I would consider a Newswire network. So then to answer your question of where to distribute a press release, the distribution should really correlate to the desired intended audience of the story. So meeting disclosure should really be the bare minimum. There should be a story to tell a specific audience. And that intended audience should drive the choice. Um, for instance, is it a local interest story or is it material news of national interest? Is this a story, story that's covered by international media commonly? Is it desired to have international media cover your story or do you what, want to focus more on a Canadian audience? Um, then there's the topic of industry targeting. Um, what industry targeting really does is provide relevant amplification of your story. Niche publications and trades, while they may not provide the largest audience, they often provide the most relevant one um, they're the ones interested in hearing and then covering your story to their audience who is specifically interested in a given industry. Beyond distribution, what else should an issuer be doing with their press release? As an example, I've seen people occasionally using multimedia within their news release. So how can this be beneficial? Yeah, disturbing the press release is just one element of the process and including multimedia is definitely one of them. But there are a lot of other key things to consider when thinking about a press release. And remember, while the primary purpose of a press release may be to inform journalists and key stakeholders about your story, it also becomes a public document that can be found via search by other audiences. The good news is that journalists and end audiences all generally want the same thing with regards to the press release. So 
When creating a press release, you should ensure that one, it has the information that is relevant to the target audience. The news hook is clearly stated. Avoid industry jargon and marketing language. You should really try to add quality quotes that add depth to the story. Uh, these quotes can be highlighted on press release websites, so it's a very good way of getting a message front and center uh, in front of an audience, whether that's investors, potential investors, or journalists. Include multimedia assets. I can provide an anecdote on this of a, of a real-world use case. We uh, have a, we had a situation where a client issued a press release about their their new cool product and didn't include a multimedia asset. Uh, Given the topic of the press release, the media was obviously interested in including uh, a picture of said product. Um, they did a Google search and they used uh, an image for a competitor's uh, product. Very similar product, different company. Obviously not an ideal situation. Uh, we've also had situations um, less severe in nature, but when looking to provide an asset to illustrate a story, they used the generic shot of the company head office Unfortunately, it was the old company head office instead of their shining new head office that they would have liked to showcase instead. Another thing to think about when uh, issuing a press release, and this is one that's often forgotten, is be sure to check that that contact that you include in the, in the for further information section for your news release is actually prepared and available for comment. You know, make sure they're not on a flight or in meetings for the entire day. Um, it's sometimes helpful to pre-book time and a contact person's schedule on the days that the release goes out just to help manage the queries in a timely fashion. Well, that's a, another thing I've heard from journalists over the last several years is real-world situations where a press release goes out, they're instantly on it because it's news that's of interest to them. They call the contact uh, on the press release and get a out of office, uh, the person's on vacation. Um, so it's really important to have that as part of the process, is notifying the person who's the contact information for the press release when the press release goes out. Um, in general, media tend to prefer reaching out by phone when they reach out rather than email, especially for time-sensitive news, as in the situation that I just outlined. Other best practices is really get it on your website as soon as you distribute a press release. That shouldn't be an afterthought. Um, and when it's on, there, on your website, make it easily shareable. Um, and once it's been distributed, share it on social and then distribute it to other employees and have them share on social. Now, Jeff, what about visibility reports after the press release has been distributed? What can a visibility report tell you? And just to clarify, visibility reports are not media monitoring, which is a separate topic and service. Yeah, for sure. First off, a visibility report, it's a complimentary report provided with every news release distribution. It essentially reports on the trail of digital breadcrumbs left by a press release. So where it was posted, which journalists received it, how was it engaged with, uh, for instance, shared or downloaded, um, was the news release uh, link tweeted, that kind of information. What it is not doing is a search of all earned media for mentions that could have been generated by the press release. To your point, that is what media monitoring and now services provided, provide. So in detail, what you can get from a visibility report is information on all of the websites that posted your press release. And then being able to drill down those postings, whether as by industry, location, language, or source type. Um, you can see the number of views of the press release, calculate a total potential audience using unique visitors per month um, for directional comparison purposes. Uh, you can understand how audiences discover your press release. You can understand um, how to differentiate human views of a press release from a sp spider hit. 
depending on what you've included, we talked about multimedia. So the visibility report can also let you track image and video views. There's a ton of actionable information in a visibility report. Um, so it's, it, I really encourage people to actually open them up. Um, for basic executive summaries, it helps you um, pinpoint the geographical location and organization of your audience, see which Twitter accounts are engaging with the press release, and get to know the audience they engage with your news. Uh, this is one of the super useful things with the visibility report. As you can see, our competitors checking out your press release, um, our brokerages checking out your press release, banks, potential buyers. It's really interesting information you can see in a visibility report. And if you've included uh, links in the press release, you can see which ones have been clicked through. You can see if it's been shared or downloaded. And in general, visibility reports really give you insight into the overall performance of your press releases. So over time, you can do things like compare Q1 versus a Q2 if you've taken a different approach with the press release, if you've included multimedia in one and not the other. And it really lets your team set benchmarks for which you can track over time. In general, like I said, visibility reports really give you the high-level stats you need to generate an executive summary and also to set potential benchmarks for the next release. I know that SEO is a very complex topic and often IROs and communications professionals are embedding key messaging into, into their press releases. Do you have any basic SEO tips for owned content? Yeah, and we could easily do a whole podcast on SEO alone, but I, I do think I can provide four key tips as it pertains to press release SEO that can be of use to listeners. The bonus is that these simple tactics will help both search engine pickup but also with regular old humans. Whereas old SEO tactics were really about gaming the system and keyword stuffing and basically unethical link tactics. Today, it's all about quality content. Google wants quality content and so do humans. So four key tips. The first, create shareable headlines and put the most pertinent information in the first 70 to 100 characters. This is important for a few reasons. 70 characters is the length of a headline in search results. It's approximately the length where an email subject line cuts off. It's also approximately the length newsrooms will see if they get a headline feed. And it also worked great for Twitter. So if your headline needs to be long, be sure the critical information uh, is up front. Test yourself, write a headline and put your cursor at the 70 character mark, including spaces. Does the headline still make sense? The second, uh, and I talked about this one earlier, use natural language and no jargon. Content written well and simply works with everyone, human or bot. Be natural and focus on writing well. So timely, relevant, informative, and valuable content is key. Losing the jargon in acronyms can help expand your audience to beyond your niche. The third tip uh, is formatting. Create easy-to-consume sections. Stay away from big blocks of text. Readers like to be able to skim content for important keywords and sections. So use bullets, lists, and headers to break that content up into easy to read formats. And the fourth, limit the number of links. Um, we recommend between one and three, and do not dupl duplicate the link throughout. An overabundance can overwhelm the reader, and make sure that one of your links, the call to action link, is clear and near the top of the news, so it gets the most engagement. I'll throw in the bonus of what releases should not do. A release should not read like an ad. It should not contain irrelevant or too many links. It should not contain keyword stuffing. And I guess my final, my final point on what not to do, don't repeat headlines or use very similar content quarter after quarter. 
We see many companies using the exact same title for each quarterly earnings release, just replacing Q1 with Q2, if that, but not including simple things like the year. So if the title lacks differentiating information or is too similar to past headlines, Google will assume it's duplicate content and it makes it difficult for investors to find your latest news when searching online. Beyond the news release, there are additional long form content methods that our clients or your clients can use to get their story out. What about other long form content? Um, for example, white papers, thought leadership. Is this a good way to get visibility? Absolutely. Uh, I can speak with experience here as white papers are a key tool used by the marketing team at Cision. Uh, an example would be our annual state of the media report. It generates a ton of leads for Cision on its own, but it also generates earned media coverage for our brand. The key is that white papers need to provide valuable information to its intended, uh, intended audience. So in the case of our state of the media report, Cision is sharing survey results and feedback from the media. Obviously, it's extremely relevant and interesting to our audience of PR, IR, and comms professionals, as well as to the audiences of the media outlets that cover that space. What you're really trying to do with a white paper is establish your brand as an authority in your industry. They will come to you because they see you as an industry leader. You're offering free advice and free educational content for potential clients or for potential investors. Um, the key is it has to be valuable free content. Um, and while you're offering free advice through a white paper, you're also subtly able to promote your own business and build your brand's credibility through it. Keyword there is subtle. You don't. You want to make sure that you're providing that valuable, whether that's stats, industry insights. It can't just be all about your own brand. Yeah, you brought up thought leadership. So on top of white papers, thought leadership works much the same way. Um, with thought leadership, you're just looking to build credibility and trust. You're providing new audiences, existing existing customers and the media with valuable, consistent content to build your brand's credibility in the industry. And at the same time, strengthening relationships with new and existing audience by providing them that high quality content that I was talking about. Let's switch gears now and talk about earned content. So working as an IRO prior to joining the TMX, I would want to seek out all possible ways to gain coverage of the company's story to reach as many current and potential investors. Why is earned content so important? Yeah, so earned media's importance really derives from the trust with which it's held by information consumers and audiences. It's that coveted third-party validation that everyone wants, as well as its ability to generate visibility above and beyond an organization's owned media channels. What's interesting is that from a marketer's point of view, earned media is often an overlooked and critically missing component of a content strategy. But to highlight earned media's importance, just put yourself, in, put yourself in the shoes of a customer. Think about the content you consume on your path to purchase, the online the articles you read about whatever it is you're, you're looking to purchase. You'll quickly realize that earned media plays a vital role in leading a customer to a purchase or to a buying decision. That same logic applies to a potential investor. Earned media can really impact the emotion that audiences feel towards a company and ultimately influence their behavior and their buying decisions. So companies really need to invest in their earned strategy. 81% um, of consumers agree that a brand that they can trust is a top reason for purchasing a product or service. And 67% of consumers agree that they would try a product, but without brand trust, will soon stop buying it. And additionally, 47% of internet users use an ad blocker due to, quote unquote, too many ads and intrusive ads as the top motivating factors. 
So you really have to think, how do you get in front of your audience and build brand trust? Yeah, you need to reach them through the channels they trust. And these days that trust is in shorter supply. Uh, the Edelman Trust Barometer um, from a few years back had traditional media and search engines tied as the most trusted source for news information. I think their latest version showed trust in all news sources had been driven to record lows, but trust in earned media was still higher than owned and social. So with the constant swirl of fake news, um, consumers really continue to doubt what they read online and question who they can trust, but the sources they tend to trust the most are those traditional media like print and broadcast and online sources. So while it's important to publish content on social media channels and blogs and through paid media channels, audiences are placing the most trust in earned media. So it really remains the obvious choice for companies operating in this age of distrust. And what are some useful tips for increasing your opportunities for earned coverage? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the first is targeted pitching. Uh, know who you're pitching, what they're covering, and what their audience is interested in, in reading. Um, that'll in turn help you with the second, which is building relationships. Um, become a resource for a journalist. Um, do you have industry stats or insights that a journalist covering your industry would be interested in? Can you make someone at your organization available to speak on industry trends or developing news stories, i.e. just become a resource for a journalist? Uh, the other, other tip I can share is maximize your own content for editorial opportunities. Uh, I talked about how Cision uses our state of the media report in this fashion. So do you have a white paper or thought leadership that can be used as the basis for a, a press release that can be repurposed in a blog series or infographics or would be of use to a journalist covering an industry? I would also recommend um, there is a ton of free resources on generating earned media opportunities. So read our free state of the media reports and make use of the, the best practices guides available on newswire.ca as well as on cision.ca. Excellent, thank you. Jeff, thank you for being with us today to delve into earned and owned content. If anyone would like any further information about this topic or even using some of Cision's services, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, um, LinkedIn or email uh, work. Uh, I will make sure I include that information uh, in the follow-up email. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and I hope our listeners have found this conversation to be of interest and are able to take some of the ideas and, and put them into action. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, it was a pleasure to be here and, I, and hopefully I've provided some information of value to everyone. <laughs>